Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. As far as you know, business goes, I'm sure you've had massive successes and then you've had flops that didn't work Horrible out. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you find in that time when things weren't working out? Like you said, it's at one point you so broke, you couldn't even afford to have your electricity turned on, you know, like where, where do you get that muster or like not to give up and just, you know, let me, you got all these degrees. I'm sure you could clock in in a cubicle, cubicle somewhere and, and get a job. I mean, where where does that that um, like drive come from? You think? Well, it, one is I, I'm inherently an optimistic person, which tell uh, which means that I tend to not only in those situations be able to keep going, but also kind of um, the bad side of it. Everything's a gift and a curse. So uh, the bad side of it being that I I tend to keep going where I shouldn't be going because thinking that I could make something work or I believe something is going to turn out better than it does. So I'm not a good, I'm not very good at projecting things. Uh, you know, uh, my projections are typically, ooh, we're going to do fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, uh, but, but so that that's what one is. Um, um, Two is I just don't like losing. I mm-hmm. don't like losing. I hate it. It is. It is. And admitting that that I've lost on something is is something that is more painful than not having electricity. Um, <laughs> and by the way, when you don't have electricity, another challenge you have is taking a shower sometimes and stuff like that. So heating up water, hot water. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I, yeah I, I can I can tell you all kinds of stories. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, you know, that, that's something that's, um, that you have to do. There, there are times the world is crumbling around you, and you, at least you feel that way. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to find a way to keep going, and you have to um, find opportunities. Look, we just had COVID. A lot of people, uh, we haven't, in, in any of our lifetimes, we've never had a disruption like that. Uh, put the health stuff aside, okay? Just an economic disruption like that. None of us have seen that. None of us were able, would be able to even um, uh, anticipate that because yeah. it's not there. So what did some people do? Some people just covered their heads, um, and justifiably so, and, and, uh, and they went out of business. Some people tried somehow to make it work. And there's a separate group. Uh, there, there's, there's a separate group that, that does this, that sees that disaster and then says, where's the opportunity? Uh, and those people did extremely well. Um, and I'll put like the Amazons of the world aside uh, because they were made to do well in that system. I don't know how much they saw opportunity and they took it and they probably did a thousand things. But, mm-hmm. but it's, it's where you, your business is directly impacted and you, you look like you're going down. And then from there saying, where do I find the opportunity? Those people 
they did extremely well uh and and you know that and i think that's what you have to do is is in any situation like that is look and try to find the opportunity because it's there it'll be there um no matter how bad things look that's awesome do you mind telling us a little bit about some of the different businesses you've been involved in or run yourself and like what types of industries what kind of problems i'd love to like learn about some of those examples um bringing it back to what you said about like boxing up a solution that you create in your industry like what are some practical examples of doing that where you took something solved the problem in your industry and then sold it to competitors yeah so uh, you know i said i i started that um uh, the property management company i also have done uh, i started a small restaurant chain uh for example uh restaurants are particularly tricky uh yeah. a lot of people and, and the reason they have such a i believe the reason they have such a, a huge failure rate for example is that people do the wrong thing they they people get into businesses and and think that that the product or the service they're providing that's the business um, and, and that's not the business. Uh, your product is not your business. Your business is your product, but your product is not your business. There's a whole lot of other things that have to happen. So what happens is people say, I'm a really good cook. I, I love food. They go start a, a restaurant and they fail mm-hmm. and they fail time and again. Um, mm. So I, I, I started yeah, making a, a good, you know, making a, a good gourmet zabzi, you know, and running the books <laughs> is, a, is a completely different thing. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's going to take a whole lot of marketing too around it uh, to get to get mainstream appeal. But, but, but you know, the, that's that, that's what I'm so I started a small uh, restaurant chain. Um, I, I since divested uh, uh, from it um, and sort of I, I exited. I got my money out. Uh, but uh, that restaurant chain did extremely well and actually did well through COVID uh, or survived COVID. Let's put it that way. I've had a law practice. I've had, I'll, I'll give you an example of a business that I started that was uh, uh, identifying uh, problems in, in the same industry. Um, I identified, uh, for example, uh, document, uh, obtaining documents, simply obtaining documents from different sources, like medical records, um, mm-hmm. and uh, collating them and reviewing them and providing reports on them. Just that little piece. That uh, became a business that I, that I developed, that I marketed to a whole bunch of my competitors. And all, mm-hmm. it, all it was doing was retrieving documents, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, plus a little bit of review here and there, a little bit of summarizing here and there, and suddenly you have a business. Um, so this is for the law industry that you did this? Th- th- I did it for law industry. I did it for uh, account, uh, the accounting industry. You, you also see, for example, you can go to different sides of, of, of an industry. So the insurance industry has huge, huge use for something like that. And so you can just sit there and like you develop it in, in one area and then you can sit there and see how, how, it, how it translates to other verticals or other industries. Right. So just just that little piece like that, you know, was useful and it and it translated across industries and actually was more successful than the industry, the, the business that that got me into it. That OK, so I have two questions. On that. That's really interesting to me. One question is, how do you feel about what's your philosophy on? Like, are you helping your competitor to be better than you in your original business by selling that? And then also along with that, how do you choose which kind of industries to market that to? You know, if you're like, okay, I feel like both of those would be really helpful for for people as they're considering this. So one thing you have is when you're going to your competitors, the first thing they think actually is that you're trying to do something bad to them. 
So properly being able to convince them that you're there for a purpose uh, and to bring value is its own challenge. So that that's one thing. But in terms of them becoming better than me, th- that's something, f- f- frankly, I hadn't even thought of. <laughs> but you're right. That's you're cool. absolutely right. That's certainly a possibility. You may be helping them do that. Um, and the way I would look at it is, look, if if this piece that I'm doing is is actually going to be so valuable to other businesses <laughs> to make my initial business, and that's what I said with the, with the doc- document retrieval, if, if that business is going to end up being a better business revenue-wise, and it's going to bring so much value to so many people that it's going to dwarf my yeah. own business that gave me the idea, then so yeah. be it. Um, I'm I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, that's amazing. You know, I, I guess a, a part of the problem is getting around the scarcity mentality. Is yep. is the belief that there's not enough uh, for us all to prosper and phenomenally so. There may be a level at which you know I mentioned Amazon before. Maybe there's a level at which it is that. But if you're dealing with small business or medium-sized businesses, you're not close to that level. Uh, and so if you're not good enough in your business that, that you're going to go and, and sell this, this tool, really, uh, to, to your competitor, and your competitor is going to kick your ass, then maybe you shouldn't be in that business either. And yeah. that's, that's, that reflects negatively on me um, as well. I would do it without fear of that. If you're growing, if it's a good idea and it's going to grow and it's going to have application then go and do it. S- second question you asked was, how do you pick who you go to? You know, right. I, I always started with my competitors, but what I, what I sit and do is, is just do a chart. Who's doing this stuff? You know, who would benefit and how can I have slices of it? Because not everyone wants exactly the same product or service. You, know, you, you may need to make tweaks to it uh, and you likely will need to make twe- tweaks to it as you go to different verticals or different industries. And that is what, helps you, in my world at least, helps me decide what to go to because that starts introducing costs and risk into each of these things. So as I'm looking at, oh, okay, should I go and sell this to the insurance industry? Okay, I would have to do X, Y, Z, uh, you know, and ABC, or should I go sell it to accountants? Oh, I would have to do ABC there. You know, it it helps you decide, but you really have to study your market. I think that's that's ultimately the same thing as as considering any any type of uh, business that you're starting is looking at your market and saying, okay, what is it going to take for me to get into this market? Um, There there are ideas that I have that that I want to launch that that I haven't specifically because of uh, those things, as we all have. Right. You know, there are things, places you can go with your business. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. Yeah, I always think about if I'm gonna like create a productized version of like some systems we figured out in the web design industry and sell that to other companies, then which industries do I go after? I think, all right, who actually can afford this? Like, what types of businesses actually value this type of thing? And how how do, what kind of financial impact does it have on their business? Who who values this type of creative work or whatever it might be? So. That's really helpful just knowing kind of some of the stuff that you consider. You know, like your, your industry, you know, um, and, and I'm half an outsider on this. But what I, what I notice is, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mark said that, that you, you go into coding different things. Um, in terms of agencies, what I've noticed is there's a lot less of that type of skill set inside of agencies. 
there's a lot more. It, it, it's funny because I, I sort of started saying this as you know, boxing up something and putting giving giving it to your competitors. What I see is a lot more desire to have plug and play. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you'll have someone uh, who will have an agency and and they're experts at doing Shopify stores, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. what what they really are a lot of times, not not all by any means. There are a lot of really skilled people and and even those that that don't have coding skills are very skilled people. So I, it's not a statement about them. But but they're experts at using all of the tools that Shopify provides. That's mm-hmm. what they really are. Yep. So, you know, in terms of if I were if I were someone who's a, a, a big time coder, uh, you know there would be things that I would come up with in my own business, right? And I would think that if to the extent it simplifies my business, it makes it more plug and play inside of my own agency. That's something mm-hmm. that I can, you know, in my head, that's something I can market to other agencies. To, you know exactly I I love that yeah yeah part of the reason I, I would think that way is that it would cost me so much to to actually my own my own mental self so much to actually put this thing together that it made no sense to me unless I went and marketed it to other people <laughs> I love that you're basically justifying the work you put into it I mean so I'll give you a quick example <laughs> of, of what we're doing that's very similar to what you're talking about is so we build, we're kind of like what you talked about. We're actually Squarespace specialists, not Shopify, but we like specifically like build on Squarespace, just like you're saying, and we're specialists in that system. So what we've done is created some website templates that we use ourselves to make things very efficient. And what we've done, package those up and sold them to a very specific audience. And so people will buy packs of these templates from us because it helps us so much. We're like, hey, let's go ahead and sell this to our competitors right. and other people and help bring them up and speed up their process too. So, I mean, hundred percent on, on board with what you're saying. And I, I love that approach. It is, it's inspiring. I love, and I think the, you know, one of the things just to be transparent is like one of the things that we do that I really love is we, we have this process. We're able to build a website in a day live with a client over video chat and we've honed it over years and it works great. And I'm like, this is so valuable because it, it takes out all this friction and makes the whole web design process fun. We solved all these problems and it's like, we worked on it so hard. We're, we're doing what nobody else is doing right now, but I'm like, this is so good that it would change the industry if we could teach this to other people or give them a system to help them do it. And so there's that thing in the back of my head, you know, just being transparent where it's like, okay, if I do package this up and, and sell this to other people, does that that like make us obsolete in any way. But my, I'm the same way as you. It's like, it's like not having that scarcity mindset, but being like, Hey, there's plenty of work out there for everybody. And like, what if you could actually change an industry and be like, Hey, you know, let's spread this to other people. And I love your, your attitude of like, Hey, if this is so valuable that it'll make you obsolete, then how valuable is that product to sell to other people? That's amazing. You know what I mean? So that's, that's brilliant. I love that perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Business consultants actually do this all the time. They say, Oh no, I don't want to give the secrets away on the website. And it's like, well, (laughs) wait a minute, if they're really good secrets and people are willing to do it, why wouldn't you want, instead of having one client or 10 clients that can hear you out, why wouldn't you put that out and sell that? to a million clients um, exactly. you know yeah. and, and, you know and your problem that's what I, a lot of times I tell them is your problem is you're scared of the marketing mm-hmm. um, and and you're worried that people you're not going to be able to get enough eyes on that thing and if you're not then your consulting clients are just fine uh, because no uh. one's buying your crap anyway uh, right <laughs> <laughs> so, so what so are you good. worried yeah. about with giving away secrets that's just the way I look at it that's good yeah, we recently had uh, Michelle Seller on, and, and she's kind of an expert on on you know 
helping businesses, um, you know, get to a place where they can sell. And, you know, you, you said earlier, you said the product is not the business, but the business is the product. I mean, can yeah. you go a little bit deeper into what you mean by that and, and kind of maybe articulate that? Absolutely. This is something that I actually developed uh, after someone said, hey, your business is your product too, you know? And it's like, well, it's it's two things and it's exactly this. A lot of times what you get is people get into a business and they're producing a product and they think that's the business. And I'll give you the example of professionals because it, it, it kind of um, clarifies it a little bit more. If you go to a doctor and you say, what's your business? And, it's, and, and, he, and he'll tell you or she'll tell you, it's practicing medicine. That's not your business. That's the service you're providing. That's a product you're providing. That is not your business. Your business is, is providing that healthcare and dealing with all of the customer service and, and maximizing your revenues if you want to run it as a business. I understand it's healthcare and I'm not, I don't want to make that into something that's just about money. But at the same time, if you want to run it as a business, you have all these other aspects. You have HR, you have all these other things. And if you don't do all of those things right, you can be the best doctor in the world and no one will see you. And by the way, some of the worst doctors in the world, okay, are world famous. Same thing with products. You can have the best product in the world. If you, and I used to say this, um, I used to say if you open up a store on Mars, but Mars is now so much of a possibility that I'll go. <laughs> so if you open up a store on Saturn, no one's coming to your store. Okay, no one's buying your product. So your product is not your business, okay? Your business is your product, is one of your products at least. Why? Because how, it, 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 how you present yourself, how you deal with your customers, I mean, that's something we just talked about, right? Where Ben said that, that was something he had to learn. How you treat your customers, how you deal with all their stuff, how you solve their pains, how you deal with your employees, you know, all of those things are your product, okay? Hmm. That's what you're giving to the world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, not, it's not whatever widget you're selling. It's not a website that, that, that you're mm -hmm. giving them, Ben. It's everything that you're giving them. The convenience of yeah. having their website in one day. It, mm -hmm. All of those things are the product you're giving to the world, the value you're bringing to the world. Um, and you must make sure, not only are you building that awesome website, fantastic, that looks beautiful, but also that, that you're doing it within that amount of time, that when the customer calls up and they need something, that you deal with it and, and, and you make sure you're taking care of them, that when your employees um, you know, are not performing or are, are performing very well, uh, that, that you deal with that, that you bring in and put together the right team, um, that all of those things are your product. Um, so your business is your product. Uh, mm -hmm. Never forget that, and every aspect of it is, and every place. So you know, even like people will look at, oh, well, why, why should I do socially responsible things? Well, you know what, your customers have expectations of you, and they're going to look at what you're doing as an entity in this world. A lot of them are. So if you want to just look at it as a business uh, proposition then doing the socially responsible thing is also the business thing to do because your customers are going to look at you and they're going to say what did the, what what are they doing in this regard how are they how what kind of stewards mm. are they so 
you know, whenever you're looking at your own business, you should look at it like that. You should look at every aspect of it and make sure that you understand that all of it, all of it in whole is the product you're giving to the world and not just say, this is the product I'm doing and, and, and that's all there is. And that's the yeah. business. I love that. It's hundred percent aligns with how we think about things because, you know, we're not advertising our website. Hey, we build great websites. Here's why you should have a website. Everybody knows that they need a website. But really what we're saying is our product isn't like a great website. Our product is where our mission is to create the world's best web design experience. Like it's the experience around it. It's every aspect of from the beginning to end. And so our product, it's kind of like what you're saying. Our product is creating this great experience. Yes. And so we're creating this great process that allows them to have this experience. And it's not about just a great website, which is important, but that's like a given. It's like, that's the bare minimum is you right. need to make good websites. A lot of people say, a lot of people say, oh yeah, you know, um, well, you, you, you have a business, you need a website, right? But they don't go deeper into what, what pains the customer has, what, you know, you, know, you you have all these prospects that are out there. What are their pains? What are they thinking? What do they think their needs are? It's not just a website, right? And then how are you providing the product and the service to, to meet those pains? And if you go through the process of identifying those pains and gains, at least at a, at a very basic level, you should do very well. You know, and that's something that people forget a lot of times. That's what we're trying to solve. We're trying to solve pains uh, mm -hmm. for for this this group of people, whoever they may be. And if we're not doing that right, then we don't deserve to be in business. Hmm. That's good. So now that you're, you know, you you've done a lot of different types of business stuff. What are you doing now? I know that you're doing consulting for businesses and things like that. What are some one things that you're up to now? Yeah. So so what I did was. Um, because of, I, I think it's more because of the failures, uh, but be, uh, you know, so I, I've had businesses that have gone to eight, nine figures of revenues that, that have grown, but I've had catastrophic, horrible failures too. Um, and, and because of those things that I described already. So, you know, uh, family came, came to me sometimes because they were starting something, sometimes because they were in the middle of some crisis or whatever, uh, and then friends of family and then friends of friends. And so what I did was I eventually had to set up a personal website just to have somewhere for people to go, um, and and you know uh, to you know to ask me questions and what have you, um, I I just uh, with a couple of my friends um, uh, launched a new company. It's called E Playbooks, and so it, we just launched it. It's our brand new venture, and and the thought is to help small business, small and medium sized businesses through education, consultation, and investment. We we mm -hmm. kind of. Uh, have a different approach uh, to helping our clients. It's uh, quite a thrill for me because I, I actually like taking risk with the businesses that I get involved in. So what we do is we, we construct a method of dealing with the business where we take the risk with you. And also through that is what, what we're doing is we're developing educational tools um, that we can uh, give to our clients where they don't have to necessarily expend uh, the resources to get an entire company behind them. Hmm. I'm looking at the website now. It's, this looks really cool. Yeah, it's it's fun, and we're spread out all over the world. <laughs> we're, we're spread out. Actually, it's not all over the world. It's uh, U.S., Europe, and Africa. Mm -hmm. That's that's a big spread of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that counts. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I was reading uh, when I was kind of uh, looking into to having you on the show and whatnot. I, I was reading somewhere, and you said, um, you know, to have a fearless approach to stand up for yourself and your business. What do you mean by that? You know, um, this is something uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story from from first grade. Um, 
with my father. My dad uh, dropped me off first day of first grade. Uh, this is in Iran. Uh, I go in, and you had to actually bring uh, these uh, spiral notebooks. It was a different system over there. But you had to, uh, so I, I go with all my stuff uh, that my dad bought for me. A couple of the older kids, uh, third or fourth graders, came and took them away from me, basically. They got to you know, beat me up. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, my dad comes and picks me up. And um, he says, you know, how, how's your day? And, and what's, what's going on? And, and I, said, I said, oh, I need new stuff. I need new notebooks. And my dad kind of looked over his shoulder like this. I'm sitting on, in the back seat. And I said, he says, what, what happened to your notebooks? Um, and I said, well, these kids took him away. Um, he in, um, well, Tehran traffic is a different world of traffic than any of us have experienced. He pulls mm-hmm. over and he turns around and he says, tomorrow you're going to go get your stuff um, or you're going to have to deal with me and I'm not getting you anything. So that's your problem. So the mm-hmm. next day I went and uh, I got, you know, most of my stuff back. Some of it had been destroyed. Uh, and at the end of the day, my dad came and picked me up. First thing he asked, where's your stuff? You know, and I showed him and I told him what happened. Um, and he just, you know, that, that day he turned to me and he said, listen, you know, what's yours is yours. Uh, and you can't let anyone just come and take that away. You know, that kind of stuck with me. And, you know, at the end of the day, you, you guys are business owners and I've had this conversation with people who would come to me and say, oh, well, what, you know, I'm, I have all this value for the business and I'm this and I'm the other, you know, and, uh, and you can't do uh, the more of that talk of you can't do without me. And I, 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 over time, I learned to say to people, no, 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 you're incredibly valuable. You are a big piece of this and I can't do a lot of things without you, but I will find someone else to do it uh, at the same time. But here's the difference. I can't get off this train. If something goes wrong, I'm the one who's on. I'm the one with the personal guarantees. I'm the one that, that, that owns this and the other. And I'm the one that has to see it through. Uh, and there's, you know, th- there's something to be said for that. But it also at the same time means you can't let anyone you know, push you around. You have to stand up. You know, when times are tough even, right, there, there are things that happen uh, and you're going to have to stand up and you ha- you're going to have to answer for all of it. You know, no matter how bad it is, uh, the buck stops with you. And unless you have that attitude uh, that the buck stops with you and you stand up during those times, I don't think you, you get to just, you know, function as an entrepreneur or a business owner. Hmm. That's good. Sorry, I feel strongly about that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome, Sean. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, you know, so what we do at the end of the the uh, episode is Ben is a even though he didn't finish college, he's college level note taker, and provides so much value to our listeners through these takeaways. So Ben, before we let Sean go, what are your top takeaways from this conversation today? Well, uh, a couple of things Sean said that really stuck with me are when people are against you because of where you're from, you have to bust through those things and work hard to succeed anyway. Some tips you gave um, or identify problems in your industry and do it better than your competitors and then box it up and sell your solution to others. Um, A couple of practical tips around that are if your new tool helps your competitors become better than you, then your product must be more valuable than your original business, which is really encouraging. It's great, great 
point. What you're really probably worried about is that you won't be able to market that tool that you created. You also mentioned that some things around that, of you can create a chart of who would benefit from the tool or product you're creating, and you'll need to make some tweaks as you market it to each vertical. So just count up that upfront investment and consider the risk of that. And then finally, you mentioned that your product is not your business, but every aspect of your business is your real product. Wow, good notes. Good notes. There you go. Thank you. You know, the other thing we like to do is is we like to leave our uh, listeners uh, with an action item, something that they can do. And so uh, as an entrepreneur yourself, uh, you know, what is one thing that you would encourage our listeners to maybe take action on this next week? This next week? Well, it's along the lines of what I said. Go look at your business and take a holistic view of it. Uh, just to make sure you are exactly doing that, looking at your whole business as the product you're giving to the world. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that's that's fantastic. Where can people connect with you if they want to uh, follow you and, and you know get more information about what you're up to and what you're doing? So um, ePlaybooks, as I mentioned, uh, you can uh, reach me or you can uh, get to me. I, I did this because my last name is difficult. Connect with Sean. That's S-H-A-W-N. It's not S-E-A-N. S-H-A-W-N. Connectwithsean.com. Fantastic. All right. Well, hey, guys, go to the FridayHabit.com to find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, uh, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit system, which will show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of in your business. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, don't forget to send us a quick voice memo and send it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday.